Welcome to Hardcover Hose, a long-distance book club where two book lovers express their feelings and their book of the moment via podcast. I am one half of your host, Sam Cabrera-Dixon. And I am Sammy Scorstad. Together we have combed through book talk, combined our to-be-read lists, and now we intend to make our way through them one book at a time. We'd love for you to come along with us and join the discussion. The book of the moment for today's episode is All About Love, New Visions by Bell Hooks. Just a forewarning for those of you listening, this is not a spoiler-free zone. We will be discussing this book in all of its glory, which of course includes revealing the ending. Gloria Jean Watkins, um, born 1952 and passed in 2021, better known by her pen name Bell Hooks, was an American author and social activist who was a distinguished professor in residence at Berea College. Is that how you say that? I don't know that college. I don't know that college either. Um, she is best known for her writings on race, feminism, and class. The focus of Hooks's writing was to explore the intersectionality of race, capitalism, and gender, what she described as their ability to produce and perpetuate systems of oppression and class domination. She published around 40 books, including works that wow. ranged from essays, poetry, and children's books. She published numerous, scholar- numerous scholarly articles appeared in documentary films, and participated in public lectures. Her work addressed love, race, class, gender, art, history, sexuality, mass media, and feminism. She began her active in teaching English and ethnic studies at the University of Southern California. She later taught at several institutions, including Stanford University, Yale University, and the City College of New York, before joining Beria in Beria, Kentucky in 2004, where she founded the Bell Hooks Institute in 2014. Mm. Her pen name was borrowed from her maternal great-grandmother, Belle Blair Hooks. How cute. Uh, Before we jump into discussing our own thoughts and feelings regarding the book, I'm going to go ahead and read through the blurb on the back of the book for the sake of contextualizing it. Quote, All About Love offers radical new ways to think about love by showing its interconnectedness in our private and public lives. In 11 concise chapters... Hmm. Hooks explains how our everyday notions of what it means to give and receive love often fail us and how these ideals are established in early childhood. She offers a rethinking of self-love without narcissism that will bring peace and compassion to our personal and professional lives and asserts the place of love to end struggles between individuals in communities and among societies. Moving from the cultural to the intimate, Hooks notes the ties between love and loss and challenges the prevailing notion that romantic love is the most important love of all. Visionary and original, Hooks shows how love heals the wounds we bear as individuals and as a nation, for it is the cornerstone of compassion and forgiveness that holds the power to overcome shame for readers who have found ongoing delight and wisdom in bell hooks life and work and for those who are just now discovering her all about love is essential reading and a brilliant book that will continue no that will change how we think about love (laughs) our culture and one another without any further ado let's get into it um i took these trigger warnings from somebody's review on storygraph Okay. Did, did these happen? I don't remember. Um, there is talk about these things. So it's I not don't like want to say happen. things like this if it wasn't really in there. Um, you feel me? Yeah. There is talk about I know there like in one of the chapters they talked about like how like homes with domestic abuse and uh-huh. um like child abuse. I mean like this. Uh I did I pick up on that? Right, because I didn't, and but I also read this two weeks ago, three weeks ago. I think we can. Mm, I'm gonna. I'll, let's just all say of them. the phobias. Yeah, yeah, let's just say them, and I didn't personally remember picking up on them, but okay, I, we both that's also the... kind of skimmed. <laughs> so maybe, <laughs> maybe they were there, and we yeah. I fear we did not pick up on them. Um, so mm-hmm. domestic abuse, homophobia, racism, and toxic relationships, addiction, alcoholism, biphobia, Greece, Greece. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry. Danny Zuko. Grief. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Grief, lesbophobia, and mental illness. Not, not Greece. Is it, are those listed, do you think, because it's like written in a very like heterosexual I don't know. I almost got like the fruity vibes. <laughs> I don't know. What I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, okay. 
but it also was written in the 90s so i guess yeah very possible that it includes some the, pho- the phobias yeah. yeah um okay so okay. i would like to start with my first impressions if that's okay, okay with you yeah yes it i was not sure what to think of this when we started because i was like okay nonfiction. just gotta put myself into in the, the nonfiction brain yes right yes so when I started reading, I was like, okay, I'm I'm digging this. I like what I like the topic. I like mm-hmm. how it's presented. I think for the first 30% of the book, I was like, yeah, I'm so immersed. I'm so mm-hmm. into it. I love the writing style. I was like making intelligent little notes. <laughs> like I was really I was vibing with the text. Okay. I was into it. Mm-hmm. And then it started to get repetitive, I fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was giving, I texted you this, but it was giving like when you're trying to finish a very long research paper and you have to hit like a minimum word, word count. And mm-hmm. so you start saying the same thing over and over and over and over and over mm-hmm. again, slightly mm-hmm. different. That's how it started to feel to me, mm-hmm. especially like the second half of the book. And mm-hmm. um, it lost me a bit Okay. after that. Okay. I so I was so excited to read this. This has obviously been on Book Talk. I mean, this Bell Hooks is a staple in the history of like modern feminism and everything like that, and mm-hmm. intersectional feminism. So I knew about Bell Hooks. I had actually tried to read The Will to Change by okay. Bell Hooks first, um, right after my breakup. <laughs> okay. I was like, fuck men fuck all this there's no hope and then a friend <laughs> recommended me what about the will to change by bell hooks because it's all about men okay and the patriarch like the problems that the patriarchy call like causes um and i remember though i i mean i am just so um averse to anything having to do with god and religion and spirituality Uh i i just have such a hard time being open this is this is a me thing that i definitely need to work on Mm -hmm. because i'm just genuinely like i have a wall up to anything that has to do with that yeah yeah and not proud of it but right off the bat it got so it was so spiritual and it was so and not even like judeo-christian religious it was just there was so much it was spirituality very much, in it. yeah it was emphasizing like the strongest love is the love that you have for for god and from god. yeah like divine like, oh, love okay. and everything and it's like uh you lost me i don't know about mm-hmm. that one um but yeah and so the will to change was something like that and it was also and i think i at the time when i was trying to read the will to change I was so angry at men. I wanted something to like fuel that anger. Yeah. Whereas this was like, we need to have compassion for them because this system is like literally killing them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, no, I don't want to have compassion <laughs> for men. <laughs> like what I have been wronged by men. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I couldn't do it, but I do want to read it again. And then this all about love has been all over book talk. Like, I mean, I'm on the side of talk tiktok that talks about therapy like i'm on therapy tiktok i am on what's your attachment style tiktok yeah yeah. i am on (laughs) all of that and and so this it's so interesting how this there was a total resurgence of this book on Mm -hmm. tiktok of like people who are trying to heal themselves and not perpetuate cycles and i think which is a big theme in gen z yeah for sure I don't know if that's just the Gen Z that I'm exposed to or not, and the circles of the internet that I'm occupying. Yeah. Um, but, like, it is – because Bell Hooks, like, she talks in All About Love, like, in the beginning how she's worried we're headed towards – or, like, we've been heading towards and we are at a loveless kind of society and mm-hmm. just hyper-independence and people who are so cynical about love. Right. But I kind of think like we got it got really bad, and then now the younger generation is starting to fight against this. It's like no capitalism is lying to you. It's not like you. We need people. Like I see that more right. and more now. Is like no, we don't want to be codependent, 
but it Mm -hmm. is normal to need somebody. You are supposed to want and need somebody. You are supposed to seek companionship and love Mm -hmm. and all that. So it's like, I saw her claims of like in her fears of a very cynical, very individualistic society. Mm -hmm. But like, I, I feel like we're, I mean, in part like on part from this book probably, but in people reading this book, but I think we're like Gen Z is kind of already fighting against that. I think and trying to rewrite what life looks like for us, right? And I think like <clears throat> we are very social creatures, and that was one of the things that Bell Hooks talks about at least mm-hmm. like in the beginning. Um, and I agree with you. I feel like perhaps I, I think, okay, here's an example I'm going to give. I think our parents' generation mm-hmm. maybe leaned too much into the social creature aspect, right? Like I know I know a lot of people my parents' age that like cannot survive without seeing their friends or whatever all the time. Like there's very much a cannot be alone. I cannot be alone thing. Exactly. Yeah. Like there's a, there's an overemphasis on hanging out every day, hanging out like three times a day with different people and whatever. And I think our generation, like the millennial Gen Z cusp mm-hmm. specifically has been more like, Oh, you know, we can protect our peace a little bit. We can, yeah. we can, you know, me time is very important too. Mm-hmm. And then I think, Gen Z, Gen Z is very reliant on other people while also very, I I mean, I also think they've grown up in the weirdest time ever with the pandemic and like we were all isolated. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I think that we are seeing like a, maybe we do need to be more social, but almost we can't, we don't want to sacrifice that me time for that as Mm -hmm. well. You know what I'm trying to say? Let's find a balance. <laughs> yeah, let's find a balance. <laughs> Apparently that's hard to do. Uh-huh. Um, see, okay, yeah, that's interesting. I feel like with me growing up and my parents and the people I was exposed to, they did have they did still have that hyper independence thing. I mean, both of my okay. parents have it. Mm-hmm. So I think I've been fighting against like my entire life I've been fighting against half of me being like, I don't need anybody. I just like, uh, all I need is me self-love, self-care, yada, yada, yada. Like Mm -hmm. I'd rather be alone, which I think is still true. I'd rather be alone than with someone who's shitty. Oh, for sure. um, Our generation has standards. (laughs) Yeah. No, but (laughs) sometimes you have to go through shit to grow those standards, but still, um, but yeah, so I like I think what I was exposed to was a lot more hyper individualism. Mm-hmm. Um and just like I think as soon as I got into a relationship, I was so concerned about codependency and I did not understand what that actually meant. Uh-huh. And but that was at the forefront of my brain. Like above all else, I was most concerned in that relationship with if we were codependent or not. Mm-hmm. And but then I didn't have an accurate understanding of what that looked like, I thought. So I didn't actually know how to deal with that and prevent it. Interesting. But I was always like, no, we need to have our own lives. No, we have to be able to go and do this and this and this and mm-hmm. by ourselves. And I don't know. Just very. Do you think not to be therapisty right now? Do you think me. that comes from the fact that you have divorced parents? Oh yeah, we can totally go into my uh, parents' divorce. Let's see here. Right. Well, uh, no, I don't. I'm not. I'm not wanting you to air any dirty laundry or whatever. Oh, but no, I, I'll, I'll air but all my you, dirty laundry because it sounds for me like because I I agree. I have I come from a, a family of parents who should have divorced, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> but stayed together. So I feel like for me, I was very much like um, I wanted to be able to be dependent on someone that was a good person. Mm-hmm. because I saw dependence on someone who was a bad person firsthand. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think it's interesting if if my parents had gotten a divorce in my childhood, would I feel more like – would I feel the same or would I feel more like how you feel about um, like they're – like I don't want to be codependent on anybody? Yeah. Um, I think 
I was actually really thinking about this a lot last night. Um, but I just truly deep down, I believe it for other people. Like, I think you were probably one of the first people where I was like, okay, they're actually going to last. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel for life. like I feel like that with you too. No, obviously. <laughs> now's, <laughs> now's a good time to reveal how I feel, right? No, I'm sorry. I didn't. I did not mean for it to come. Like Surprise! Um, no, but I felt like that also in the beginning when we, when especially when you first moved in, mm-hmm. when we were living together in New York. I almost said Arizona. Why? What? <laughs> what is going on in my brain today? I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I feel like. I didn't want to be too codependent on you <laughs> in that way yeah. because I was like, what if like, I don't know. I've had a lot of friendships where I felt like, oh, we're dependent on each other. But really it was like, Someone's you only need on me. me. Yes. yes. <laughs> I don't let myself. Me. And then when need, I yes. need, yes, it's not there. So I didn't want to like, I, I was like, you know what? I've been here. Don't want to do that again. But now mm-hmm. I feel like I rely on you and you rely on me pretty equally. Yes, I'm the amount of <laughs> okay, good. times I have called you mid yeah. like sobbing breakdown. It's okay. It's okay. And you do it's okay. It so it's okay. Well. I app- I would rather you reach out to me than like feel alone. Yes. No. Don't- and it goes for <laughs> I feel you. like that. Okay, good. Yes. Am I gonna cry? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> um the power of bell hooks. But um mm-hmm. No, and, like, I think, too, when it comes to my parents' divorce, like, I, yes, I, I have the, I think I have come to rely on my friends mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. over anybody else. And so, because in my, like, last relationship, I couldn't rely on him for any of the support that I actually mm-hmm. needed. And so I built a really great support system around me. Right, but then now I'm facing like, like now I'm so terrified of actually needing a romantic partner because I'm just sense. so convinced I will be disappointed. I think and it's good to have high standards, though. I think it, it is. It is better to feel it like is. I feel like everyone will disappoint me, and then be pleasantly surprised when the right person comes along and they don't disappoint you. See, but the issue is. <clears throat> Even in like Bell Hooks was doing this too, is like this like fear of love and needing to fully be vulnerable and open to love in order to like achieve that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not on the open to love train because I'm yeah. afraid of being vulnerable. <laughs> but I'm not laughing at you. I'm- no, no, <laughs> no, but I really have been your delivery of that was funny. <laughs> No, but I have been thinking a lot about, like, my parents' divorce, too. Like, I don't think any – I like, I think you and Esty, mm-hmm. if there are soulmates, you guys are soulmates. I that am. is what I believe. <laughs> not to, not, not to, to be my narcissistic own horn, for a second, but, but I agree. <laughs> no, and then – but I wholeheartedly – and, like, I think that it can exist for other people, but I don't think that anything that I – Maybe it's just a me. Maybe it's because of how I perceive myself and less about how I perceive other people. Interesting. Maybe, maybe. that's a new take. I hadn't thought about that. But <laughs> taking note think, for your next therapy session. <laughs> yes, I don't think anything that I am a part of any romantic relationship could possibly last more than like I think a decade is where like in my brain that maxes out, and I'm like, no, that doesn't like it would just fall apart by then, and not necessarily in like a bad way. I just genuinely cannot see being in a relationship. And, like, yes, there are ups and downs and there are parts that are unhappy and parts where you have to support each other and, like, choose each other and fight for the relationship. It's not always going to be honeymoon stage. I get that. Yeah. But, like, I can't picture there being something that's, like, worth – that can actually (laughs) – I don't know. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I feel like – uh, you're also trying not to say like worth the effort without saying worth the effort. You know what I mean? But I, agree. Yeah. it is effort. Like it is. I and know, I but it's like it's, and it's, it's hard. It's so hard to know when to fight and when to leave. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. And so I personally, I can. Where I'm like, you and Esty, you're gonna be like you're meant for each other. You're good. Like my other friends, Charlie and Bonnie, they're meant for each other. They're good. Like. I see that for other people. I cannot see that for myself. It reminds me of a line from the book. <clears throat> okay. Look at me. 
Um, Look at you. Uh, where Bell Hook says, it had become hard for me to continue to believe in love's promise mm-hmm. when everywhere I turned, the enchantment of power or the terror of fear overshowered the will to love. Ooh. Which I feel is kind of like what you were just saying. Yeah. And I think I love a lot. Yeah, you do. You love. do. And but... I think that was why also, like, from from the book like when bell hooks starts talking about like platonic relationships and friendship mm-hmm. relationships being like the pinnacle of love I-, mm-hmm. I think like that is a good example of like how i see your love too like you oh. have so much friendship love like you do you do. do you're such a good friend you're so willing to give love and pay attention to love languages when it comes to like friends as well mm-hmm. i think like that's it's it is hard to just like translate that to something romantic when the time i don't i mean maybe it's hard i don't know i just think it takes like the right person who's also giving you that love that way you know what i mean yeah can't be mm. can't be you one-sidedly doing that mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> mm-hmm. don't give me that <laughs> mm-hmm. um did you uh, oh, I think so. You said something right before we started about how you watched a few YouTube videos. I'll let you talk talk your shit on that in a moment. But mm-hmm. you said something about how people thought it was really healing, mm-hmm. and I was thinking about that while we were in our little brief break moment. Mm-hmm. And I was our going interview. through my notes, and I see I see maybe perhaps where I was also feeling that I. Let the record show this book took me exactly two weeks to read. Mm -hmm. So perhaps I was forgetting the things that happened at 5% of the way through. So I kind of like skimmed my own notes. Um, So I'm looking for the one I specifically was trying to talk about. Oh, there was like a lot of talk about um, like the family, love within a family. Mm Mm-hmm. And I can't find the specific line. Um, Oh, but at the moment of my birth, I was looked upon with loving kindness, cherished and made to feel wanted on this earth and in my home. To this day, I cannot remember when that feeling of being loved left me. Mm-hmm. I just know that one day I was no longer precious. Yep. Those who had initially loved me well turned away. The absence of their recognition and regard pierced my heart and left me with a feeling of brokenheartedness so profound I was spellbound. Yep. Um, and I think, like, the way that Bell Hooks discusses, like, the idea... It, it, it's like a roundabout way of saying like the idea of when people want to have a kid, they think about having a baby, right? Yeah. Like they have, they have small child, small baby child that is precious and lovely and everything like that an and not its own person yet. Exactly. An accessory. And so when small baby child starts to become <laughs> an actual human being with thoughts and uh-huh. opinions and attitudes and th- you know, a person starts to become mm-hmm. fully formed, um, that is when we see like a drop of mm-hmm. love. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it, it kind of feels like, oh, well, they're not coming out as the mini me that I wanted, and they're not doing and thinking the same exact way that I, I don't do have and control think. over everything yeah. about them anymore. Yeah. You suddenly see a dip in that love that you were receiving, and it makes zero sense when you are a small baby child who's becoming a small human, mm-hmm. right? Um. And I, I think that that was very – this whole that whole portion of the book was very healing for me because I was like, I know that there is – I know that that's not just that, – like, that happens to almost everyone, right? I, yeah. I know that in my head. But uh-huh. to read it in such a way that was very much um, – like, my note was, ouch, right? Like, was very ouch. much a, a, a way that felt oh, no. relatable, like, extra relatable and not in, like, the funny sense, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> so – I thought that was really healing to hear just from another person's perspective that had gone through the same similar thing, Mm -hmm. you know, within a 30 year, 20, 30 year difference of time. Gap. Yeah. Rather. Yes. Um, Yes. I also thought it was very interesting to see the commentary on... Okay. Uh, on, on uh, like romance 
books mm-hmm. and like the way that romance and love is writ- was written in books. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it was it, uh, a lot of Bell Hooks' emphasis was on like men write these romance books, even though the audience is for women. Mm-hmm. But because of this, there's a lot of writing in these works that is like not relatable to women. Yeah, at all. Uh, which I know there's plenty of jokes about that in our day and age, but oh yeah. Um, one of the things she says is, of course, consumers of books about love are primarily female, yet male sexism alone does not explain the lack of more books by and about love written by women. Apparently, women are both willing and eager to hear what men have to say about love. Female sexist thinking may lead a woman to feel, sorry, she has already, she already knows what another woman will say. Such right. a reader may feel that she has more to gain by reading what men have to say. And so I think within the context of this book being published in 1999, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that was definitely true in 1999. I think it was true in the early 2000s. And I think it was even true up until like the mid 2010s. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I feel like over 20 years later, I think we're seeing a shift in this, right? Yeah. I think I personally would not even fucking think about picking up a romance book written no. by a man, let alone no. any other book, right? But no. specifically romance, you no. you could not, you could not pay me. No. Right to pick up. I don't want to hear about how by her, man. her tits were smiling at him. I don't want to hear about that. Yeah, and the perfect <laughs> hue of her rounded lips. Like fuck <laughs> off. But anyways, that's a whole tangent in and of itself. But mm-hmm. I feel like we are a lot of the points that she was making about certain things like this, for example. I feel like we are seeing a shift in that. And another yeah. thing that I saw too was she discussed briefly like how we see love on television shows Mm -hmm. and in that part i'm scrolling to find it um where were there current television shows that actually modeled loving parenting parents could learn these skills right like Mm. there's there was a disconnect in the like the way that parents show love to each other and to their children on Mm -hmm. TV shows that was like, yeah, if this is being watched by the general public, the general public is going to start picking up on these things and perhaps doing that themselves in mm-hmm. their own relationships, right? So part of it is like learned behavior. Oh, mm-hmm. we have a kitten joining us. Um, and she further goes on to say, like, television shows oriented towards families often favorably represent children when they are overindulged, are disrespectful or are acting out often they behave in a more adult manner than the parents what we see on television today actually at best models for us inappropriate behavior and in worst case scenarios unloving behaviors so but also shows like um like the parents like the joke that like dads hate their wives yeah right Mm. (laughs) which is (laughs) here here nor there for the generation above us but it there's always shows like this joke where it's like oh the dad should be able to work the mom should have to take care of the kids the dad's kind of fun though and when they're together the dad would rather do things alone without the mom like there's not Mm -hmm. a loving relationship being shown no so i think also our generation grew up watching tv shows like this right you're so right Right? <laughs> like, Fuck. The, and the only times we saw loving dads specifically was if the wife was dead. My the main single father. Yes. The single father trope. Okay. Full the house. Pedro right? We all, yes. We all, <laughs> um, we all loved like Danny Tanner from yeah. Full House because he was the only like dad on TV that openly just like loved and cared for his kids. Mm-hmm. But you know what? The wife was dead. Right? Yeah. So think about like other TV shows where we watched family dynamics in play. I am thinking about one good example, the Adams family. And True. How oh yeah, yeah, yeah. How Gomez loves yeah. just obsessed <laughs> yeah. with Morticia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One good example. I can't think of another one. And you know what? That's not a white man. So that's <laughs> now, that's now recorrect and think about white men on TV. Like white family dynamics. Wizards of Waverly Place, I feel like they loved each other. They did. They did. That's true. That's true. And that wasn't and, full- yes. He was white, but that wasn't a fully white. That's true. That's also true. But yeah. I, I was thinking about this when I was reading because I was like, <laughs> this was, I was reading this mid, um, mid bluey binge okay and this is where i was like we are seeing a shift in this now i feel because bluey if i had had bluey growing up like not (laughs) to heal my inner child real quick because i love bluey and i could talk about bluey for hours um 
But if I had had Bluey growing up, I think a lot of things would have been way more clear to me, right? And I think one of those things is, like, the parents have such a loving relationship, and they don't shy away from showing that love. Yeah, little dog parents. (laughs) They don't shy – don't judge me. (laughs) Sorry. Um, They don't shy away from showing their affection towards each other in front of the kids, ever. Yeah. And they don't go like, ew, that's gross. Like, even the kids will be like, Aww. are you going to give mom a kiss on the cheek before you go? Like, Aww. things like this. Like, it's very, it was so healing, like, <laughs> to watch these eight-minute episodes of the God. dog family. <laughs> um, but it, I think this is one of those things where, um, like, when she said, when Bell Hook says, like, it models inappropriate behavior. Like, these TV shows are modeling inappropriate behavior amongst parents, amongst kids. I think it, like, we grew up with these really toxic things that people thought were funny for TV. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think now we're seeing a shift in those, which is good. But it's like, our generation was hardly affected by that. (laughs) We're already (laughs) fucked. (laughs) We can save the next one, perhaps. You know, I have faith in Bluey. But, but yeah. Anyways, that was my mini tangent about the things that she said that I've seen a huge difference in 20 years later. Yeah. Or not huge, but at least pretty significant. Um... There's one line too. This was it was kind of I went to it because I remembered this line and we were talking about um romance books written by men versus mm-hmm. women. And it was like male fantasy fantasy is seen as something that can create reality whereas female fantasy is regarded mm. as pure escape. Mhm. Like there is nothing in like and that's another thing with like romance books and stuff where it's like oh well now they have unrealistic expectations because like you just keep reading romance like that's not actually out there. Right. All this shit. No, that's a great point. Yeah. So escape, escapism through and then like shit to manifest, I guess, if it's written from a man. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And that is so frustrating. (laughs) But it's it's even more frustrating to see that it was frustrating 20 years ago and it's still frustrating now. You know what I mean? It's still frustrating today. Yeah. Mm -hmm. At least I think like, uh, Obviously, we're in more of a time where um, women's voices are heard more mm-hmm. or, like, have the are have accessibility. Mm-hmm. Right. Have, <laughs> but there's more accessibility for them to yes. be heard, perhaps, is the right way to put that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think, like, it's very interesting to see how, like I said earlier, how most women who are going to read a book are like, absolutely, I'm not touching anything written by a man and i think this goes along i don't know if you've been seeing this on tiktok too but it's like men right now (laughs) it's like a record amount of them are single and not having sex like never before in recorded i don't know how they record this shit throughout history but a record amount of men are single and interesting nobody's having sex i wonder fucking why i know and it's (laughs) because of shit like this and it's just like it is like I would rather be single than be with an emotionally unavailable, manipulative piece of shit. Piece of shit. Yeah. 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 That checks out. Yeah. I wonder. The, now my brain is going on a bit of a a bit of a spin, but I wonder if uh, we're gonna see like I mean I already know from our generation we're gonna see a dip in population growth, yes. right? Because people just generally generally don't really want to have kids from our generation it's just not it's not yeah it's not feasible um but i also think like now hearing that statistic about the fact that men are finally being treated the way that they deserve Mm -hmm. um i've i wonder even more if we're gonna see an extra dip from that yeah yeah is the male population gonna fall off who knows probably Perhaps. I also know so many more people now, whereas, like, they, I think in the past, it was like, oh, we really want to have sons. We really want, yeah. not not to go down a little, it's not, like, quite eugenics, but it's bordering on eugenics. But, like, people who are going to choose what kind of child they want to have. Oh, yeah, this is kind of eugenics. <laughs> are prioritizing having girls, though. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, I know multiple people who are like, I want to have kids. I do not want to have a boy. And to yeah. what I don't know to what extent they are willing to make that their reality. Right, right. You know. Yeah, and I I think that that says a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I've had, like some of my friends are straight up like I do not want to carry a boy in my body 
for nine months. Like, I refuse yeah. to create a boy. And that it, I feel like, I, you know what's interesting, too, on that note, is I feel like in past years, there has always been a joke that, like, raising girls is way more work. Mm-hmm. I fear, I fear raising boys is actually ra- way more work because there is... How many so girls much, do you know who like raised themselves and their siblings? Every girl that I know. Yep. Yeah. There it's not even. I couldn't even tell you who didn't if they had <laughs> siblings, right? Like, I think it's such such a thing that like I'm raising my little brother now, right? Yeah. Like, and, yeah. And by little, I mean he turns twenty this year. <laughs> like, yeah. There's not. There's not. There's such a disconnect from mm-hmm. um, like reality almost when it comes to the idea of raising boys from previous generations so mm-hmm. i feel and i do feel confident that our generation that does want to have kids that does end up having a boy right we'll do a slightly better job i agree that they will do a slightly better job but at the end of the day you are also still seeing like all of these horrific men on mm-hmm. tv shows on whatever any men in your mm-hmm. life they were raised by somebody somebody raised them and somebody they still turn out that. like that so Let's have a break. (laughs) Okay. Um, Before we move on to discuss the rest of All About Love New Visions, let's listen to a quick word about the brand sponsoring today's episode. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All right, let's continue the conversation. One thing I think, so, oh, talking about the YouTube videos. Oh, yeah, go for it. Um, I want to pull up, because I'm going to give credit where credit is due. Please do. Um, who did I watch? Let me see. Oops. Ah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, one creator, who was it? Brother, where the fuck is the video that I watched? Go to your library on YouTube. Oh, okay. Recently played. Mm-hmm. I watched. Oh, um, Cozy Conference. And I love that username. I don't know how to pronounce the name, but Sagid Carter or Sajid Carter. Um, Yeah, watched their videos and kind of talking about the emphasis on like there is like love is in action. Love is like the aspect Mm -hmm. of love that is a choice and it is something that you do in all of these aspects that create what love should be essentially mm-hmm. and there's no school for love there is no way like the way we typically learn to love is through our families mm-hmm. and but a lot of the times that is not the type of love like there's still something lacking and it's yeah. like there it's not like you don't have the honest aspect of it you don't have the commitment aspect of the consistency of it or whatever and so there's no other place that we really learn how to love and practice right. how to love. And again, this is the shit that creates attachment issues and all of these problems that then create cycles in mm-hmm. later relationships and all that. But just kind of talking about like we, the emphasis there's no emphasis in society on the importance of love, I don't think. Mm-hmm. And and now my train has disappeared. But yeah, those are okay. some thoughts. <laughs> it reminded me of what you just said reminded me of one of her lines that was mm-hmm. like, uh, the reality was, however, that parents who came from unloving families and homes have never learned how to love and cannot create loving home environments or see them as realistic when watching them on television. This is part of the TV thing. But mm-hmm. the reality they are most familiar with is trust is the only one. What? 
the reality they are most familiar with and trust is the only one they knew intimately. Yeah. So like there's this emphasis on like, well, you have to trust me. Yeah. I'm your dad. I'm your mom. Right. Like there's a trust thing, but when it reverses, right. And you are the children Mm -hmm. saying, trust me to my parents. It's like, it doesn't work that way. No, no. You also Mm -hmm. said something that reminded me of, um, I don't know where the context of this was, but the confusion arises because most people who think they are not lovable have this perception because at some point in their lives, they were socialized to see themselves as unlovable by forces outside of their control. We are not born knowing how to love anyone, either ourselves or somebody else. However, we are born able to respond to care. Mm. Right? Ooh. And I fear that is the end of my, like, smart notes because right after that is where she starts going spiritual. Mm. (laughs) Like, I just looked. There's a gap. Like, I had a note on, like, a highlight on almost every page until up to, like, 27% of the book. Mm -hmm. And then the next note's not for 37%. So, like, what happened during that 10%? I don't know. Yeah. Um, But the I fear the rest is very uh, religious. Mm Mm-hmm. Um. What was I gonna say? I had a thought on what you something you just said. What did you just say? Uh, I was talking about love in the oh, where you like it? Okay, fuck you, dude. <laughs> uh, in the context of like the family unit and like how we're not born knowing how to love, but we are born mm-hmm. um, knowing how, how to, to respond, respond to, care. to care. Yeah, and then prior to that, like the parents having bad home environments. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and not and then not being able to create which i think we're seeing a, a shift in that I, I feel like there's very much an emphasis now on like if i have children and i create a family like this I'm i will not myself. be yes i will not yeah. be doing the things that my parents did yeah yeah i think there's definitely been a shift in that and <laughs> what is it is it social media is it like the access to information like what has I shifted think so. In Gen Z, yeah. If if I had to make a prediction, I would say it it, it it is the access to social media and the spread of ideas through social media because yeah. prior to that, like, and we talked about this when we read um, Somebody's Daughter, right? Mm-hmm. But a lot of people grew up in very abusive households from our yeah. generation, from m- the millennial generation. Like, the our parents' generation was abusive. Like, that's just the truth of it. That was so normalized that it wasn't even discussed. Or right. seen as something that was wrong. Right. So I think now that we have such a wide range way of expressing ideas and explaining our stories and more study into like what fucked us all up mentally, right? Mm-hmm. I think that we are seeing this like this was really bad. And because of that, these are the results on our mental health of this whole fucking generation. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, Yes. Okay. That's what I was thinking. It was like, people are actually talking about it. I think it's kind of similar to like the, um, talking about weight, like in transparency and wages and like so many things that we grew up with like, no, 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 that's, those are taboo topics. Mm -hmm. We don't talk about voting, all of these things Mm -hmm. where it's like, no, all of a sudden people started sharing things. Yeah. And being like, no, you can say this. Exactly. And then we saw this like common denominator for all of it's like and then it's like oh my god everybody's going through this this is an issue we should address this mm-hmm. let's fix this like clearly i think it just becomes so much more clear when you have when they're like the numbers like that because mm-hmm. it's harder if you have these issues and you had these experiences i think it's really harder to make that very clear connection of like oh i am like this because i was treated like this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. whereas like it's if you see it from the outside, it's like, oh, yeah, no shit. They have issues. They had, a, like, they grew up like that. And yeah, yeah. So, ooh, interesting. Okay, There's I remember. There's no more, like, plausible deniability. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I had, I remembered what I wanted to ask you. Yeah. Um, we, it was when we were something. talking about TV shows, movies. Mm. It can be a book, too. What okay. piece of media, I guess, do you think for you and your idea of love? Mm-hmm. Has the most accurate portrayal of love. Hmm. 
<laughs> I don't want to say bluey. I don't want to say bluey. I'm not going to say bluey. Don't say but bluey. It's, it's in there. Don't it's, say bluey. It definitely was one of the things that came to mind just because it also expresses love of the family unit yes. on a very strong, strong Okay, let's level. just do, let's, okay, how about. Romantic love? I, let's focus on romantic love. Okay. Because I can think of, for me, I can think of movies that I think portray platonic love in the way that is accurate for me and like how I, mm-hmm. I guess like mirrors how I present or love platonically right so yeah romantic though let's do romantic Romantic. i would say Mm -hmm. i was thinking of it i was thinking of it and then okay romantic love Mm -hmm. okay i have a book okay i am going to say um alone with you in the ether because they were they both had issues yeah but they both learned how to like work through them and love each other through okay their issues and i feel like there's something else i'm thinking of that i just can't but i Mm -hmm. feel like alone with you in the ether made me feel like that is love even if it was weird at times or whatever but that's their story you know what i mean yeah yeah do you have one um no, not really. One answer I got was um, Silver Linings Playbook. Mm, I never watched it. I know. Oh, I'm, a really? bad, I'm a bad movie person. I'm okay, sorry. That's a <laughs> mentally ill, times mentally okay, ill okay, okay. person in love. And <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, no, but I'm, like, I've been trying to think of one. I don't know if I've really, like, I can think of so many. Even like mother daughter yeah. love, I can think of so many, but yeah. I think I don't. I'm still trying to map out in my head and my experience what romantic love, like what is realistic mm-hmm. and accurate in romantic love for me. Right. I Looks think like. that's fair. I think that's super fair. Now I'm trying to think of friendship love. What what piece of media? <laughs> Aquamarine. <laughs> <laughs> You're not far off though. No, like, I'm not like that's joking. That's a super valid thing. <laughs> I'm not joking. That's why. <laughs> Um, uh, that's a really, really good question. Thank you. The thoughts are thunking. The thoughts are thunking right now. <sighs> I'm literally just like staring at my bookshelf because for some reason I cannot think of any single movie or book I've ever read. Um. Okay. What about? Let's see. Platonic love. What are we doing? Um. Honestly, I think we're Aquamarine because they have that beautiful scene at the end where, like, the whole thing was like she needed somebody to like love her, for, so her dad didn't like pull her back to the depths of the ocean. And the two friends. How recently did you watch? I've watched this movie so many times. Okay, okay, okay. Um, and they say the friends say I love you to her, and she was like, I don't understand. Like, what are you talking about? I'm like, we would do anything for you. Like, we love you. We do care about you. And I think there was also like the threat of one of the friends was moving to Florida or like moving no to Australia, and so it was going to be like long distance and like the companionship and the love and the comfort from a friendship. It was very much a codependent. But then they had conversations about that. Aquamarine, that's such a good movie. I just remember <laughs> Island in the Sun playing when at the dance thing in the movie. <laughs> it's such a good movie. <laughs> okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need a rewatch, perhaps. because I, I don't think I've watched that movie in a decade, perhaps. I think, I, I think we rewatched in 2020. Oh, good for you. You yeah, were, you watched a lot of stuff in 2020. <laughs> I did. I was checked out of reality in 2020. I'll never forget you being like, "I'm gonna go through every Marvel production ever," and I did. And you did. That was and I so impressive. There's you know so what? many. You know what else I did? I watched all of the Star Wars movies. Yeah, um, you did so much, bro. That's crazy. I was I was a full time student, and I still was doing all this shit. So Iota. Yeah, she's you know what? I was out. just thinking of a of a platonic one, and uh, it's relevant because I'm reading it right now. But okay. I just finished Raybear, uh-huh. and part of the concept, without any spoilers, is like one person is like the emperor, mm-hmm. and he has this thing where he is a rare ray bearer, which means he can like have a tele- the rays. Kinesis. What is that word? I'm trying to say. Telekinesis. 
Yeah. yeah, okay, I was there. Telekinesis kind of um, relationship with 11 people that he anoints, but the mm-hmm. only way for them to accept that Ray, is what they call it, mm-hmm. um, is for them to love him and for him to love them, Ooh. platonically. So, and then within that, like, once once they are anointed, they all start to love each other because of that Ray bond as well. Okay. Like, a, and they can feel each, other, each other's thoughts and all that kind of stuff. So, I think, like, it was very it's very much like a um a nod to like empathy like being able to literally step inside someone's mind and understand their feelings and mm-hmm. the the love that they all have for each other is very much like oh like good <laughs> i don't I I have that. no other word it's good it's good it's good but yeah, I, I would say I would say Ray, Ray for at least the first one. I'm not done with the second one, so I don't yeah, know what happens. Cannot but, speak to that. Yeah, yes, but the first one for sure. Um. So. So what yeah. Else, um. Like I said, I felt like I was there. She said a lot of things that I was like, "Yes, this is something we don't like." I feel like we don't talk about in depth a lot, but perhaps mm-hmm. we've thought about, and I think this is one of those like little topics where like, I've always loved the topic of love. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I, I love I, love. I love love. So <laughs> I feel like there was a lot of it where I was like, Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, for sure. I got you. Yeah. I've thought like, about this. I've had yes. these. Yeah. Um, so I fear that led to me skimming some parts because I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I get, she's going to say that thing pretty much again. Mm-hmm. Um, which I felt guilty for. I want to. I want to put it out there. I, I feel like I don't skim things anymore. But mm-hmm. it was. It was starting to feel at least like at the seventy percent mark. Like I was trying to read something for school, and I, yeah. you know, and I needed to just do it and get the topic sentence and move on. Like it was. It was kind of feeling like that a little bit. Um, and also the the like God stuff. I couldn't the spirituality and divine love parts. I was like, okay, okay. It's yeah. just not for me. One chapter, okay, but like more than one chapter, I was like, right. <laughs> I just have such an issue with people talking about God. Why did I just get a missed call from New York? What is going I on? No, bro, <laughs> you're rubbing off on me today, Yoda. Why are you drooling so much? Ah, she drools when she purrs. Ah, ah, Jonesy does gross. it all. Gross. Yeah. She full on like drips out, like, drips so out. Gross. It's so gross. <laughs> uh, um, um, I also, I think this book is not meant to be read on a like read by this date. I think this book is mm-hmm. best read bits and pieces over this many, many a, uh, many a days, however mm-hmm. long it takes. But just I to... read it like reading ten percent every few days. That was how okay. I did it. Yeah, I need. I want to revisit this book when I am not also finishing up my degree. Yeah, and fine. have lots of other things to do because I did not give this book my all, and I want to. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't even. I don't even think I can give a rating this time around. Oh, really? No, I think I need more time. I do fear the God and spirituality stuff will just mm-hmm. and that's something I really need to get to the root of. Is it just growing up in where we grew up or is it perhaps because I have it too. Okay. I perhaps like I have a it's lot also of like with the it. I don't know. Is it the tism? I don't know. Is <laughs> it the tism? Is it the tism? Is, is it, it the fruitiness? Is it, it the I don't know. I think it's the overall oppression of the church. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Is uh, it the pedophilia? What that is it? one person who listens to us who hates when we get political. This one's for you, bro. <laughs> this one's for you, sis. Like, he, uh-huh. <laughs> it's not both our both sides of the aisle. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, okay. No, but I, I fear, like, especially at the ninety percent point of this mm-hmm. book, the last ten percent was like, "Love is angels, and angels are here." And I was like, "What are we talking you about? Lost you me. lost me big time." I like one of my notes was not gonna lie, this is very off topic. <laughs> like, <laughs> very off topic. The the line was 
the presence of angels of angelic spirits reminds us that there is a realm of mystery that cannot be explained by human intellect or will. We all experience this mystery in our daily lives in some ways, however small, whether we see ourselves as spiritual or not. We find ourselves in the right place at the right time, ready and able to receive blessings without knowing just how we got there. Often we look at events retrospectively and can trace a pattern that allows us to intuitively recognize the presence of an unseen spirit guiding the guiding and directing our path like angels. Like what? Huh? Are you trying to say fate? Like, I don't, right? Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't. It wasn't for me. It wasn't for me. It got into the not for me territory. And I was like, okay. Can we finish this last 10%? Yeah. Okay. 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 Uh, So you have no rating this time around? No rating this time around. No. Unfortunately. I think I was vibing with this text in the beginning. I fear I stopped vibing with it at some point. Um, Was it me? Perhaps. Am I the problem? Am I the problem? Am um, I the drama? Oh, uh, I, when I finished it, I was like, thank God I finished it. Mm, okay. Um, not in like a negative way, but I was just like, okay, I feel like it stopped being a fun read and turned into like a, I homework. need to finish this. Yeah, like a homework read. Exactly. And so I think you were spot on when you said this shouldn't be something that you read when you have like a deadline to finish it. Yeah. Um, I never take two weeks to finish a book, but I was like, I feel like I need to spread this out for me to take it in and enjoy it. Um, and it was not that long. Like, <laughs> it was really not that long. Yeah. Um, when I finished it, I gave it a 3.5, I think. Mm-hmm. But I think I was ca- very caught up in the like angel thing at the end. The end so per- part, I think that yeah. really influenced it. And now upon like going through our conversation and what this book made us talk about, Yes. I feel like better about the read. I think perhaps this is something you shouldn't be reading alone, which maybe is a whole message mm. again, based Ooh. off of her saying that we are social creatures and we need to be communicating with others about love. Like perhaps this is the whole fucking point and I just realized oh, it while I was talking. Oh my god. Five <laughs> stars. Change the rating. <laughs> right? Uh, I mean, I'll bump it to a four for sure okay. because I, I, did, I did enjoy a lot of the parts. I did feel like, yes, I totally see this and I see the connections and I it, it gave us this brilliant conversation that we had today that we thought was going to be a 30 minute episode it wasn't yeah um can you tell my coffee's kicked in um yes I have yes I can so I I think it has bumped it up uh do you have any other things to say no just I'm like I really do I think this is going to be a I will read a few pages at a time and really think about it mm-hmm. and see oh one of the youtube creators too was like this book is a mirror and it's like it just causes you to reflect on oh yeah everything all the relationships in your life where you learn to love how you love all of those things and so i think yeah yeah that's cool this is a good tool i think add it to our backpack like miss washington said oh our yeah I almost said, wait, I almost actually referenced that class earlier. You said something, and I was about to say, the medium is the message. And then, <laughs> and then, I, st- and then I stopped myself. <laughs> you should have. I know. I didn't want to interrupt you. And I was like, hee that would be funny to say. And then I, <laughs> uh, I learned so much from Miss Washington. Okay. Me too. I think we like all did not appreciate that class as much as we did. Both of no. those classes, her English I- class and her TOK class. I was terrified of her. I just yeah. wanted her to be proud of me. Me too. Me too. <laughs> so me badly. too. Like more than any other teacher I've ever had. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> like when do you remember when she would give everybody if like if you got if you did really good on one of the um essays, like the yeah. AP test essays, and she would give you like a four, and then she mm-hmm. revealed at the end of the year that sometimes when she felt it was a five, she would give you a four, so you'd keep trying. <laughs> Oh, like she's intimidating. (laughs) Like she would mark you lower just so that you would like push for that five that never came. God, I remember in AP. I got a five on that AP AP exam though, so you know what? I did. I did too. (laughs) It worked. It worked. It worked. I remember the first day of TOK senior year walking in and seeing her, and I was like, "Miss Washington, I got a five on the AP Lang test," and she was like. I know you did. Like, she gave you <laughs> such a, like, she was like, I knew you could do it. I know. I know. 
I'm having a flashback to me being in her car for something, and I don't oh, remember okay. why, but she gave me, like, a heart tart about something, and I was like, okay. And then, and then she said something, like, she cursed, and I was like, oh, she curses? Oh, my God. Love you, yeah. Wendy Washington. Um, anyway. Uh, okay. <laughs> I think that's where we're going to leave this episode for... No? How do I say this? Whatever. Before we part, we just like to thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to leave a review on whichever platform you're listening on, if applicable. If you have any further questions regarding topics discussed throughout the episode, feel free to join our Hardcover Hose Discord server via the link in the show notes, or send us an email at hardcoverhosepod at gmail.com. For real, though, because our email inbox is dry. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Feel free to recommend books to cover in future episodes as well. As always, I am Sam Cabrera-Dixon. I'm Sammy Scorstad. And this has been an episode of Hardcover Hose. If you enjoyed this listening experience and you'd like to follow along with us next time, the next book on our to-be-read list is Icebreaker by Hannah Grace. Until we meet again, enjoy your reading. Bye. Bye.